Welcome to issue 23 of Critical Encounters. If you didn't know already, this is a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flat Games. And if you really didn't know, I would recommend going back to issue zero and then listening through um, because you're going to be a little lost if you're just starting here. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss these poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet. We also discuss those so-called heroes who uh, in, are intent on thwarting the villains. I'm one of your hosts, Mustafa, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hi, Steve. How's it going? All right. And, of course, Daniel. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you? Fantastic. And, uh, Mustafa, what's on your mind tonight? Tonight, Daniel, I'm thinking of a problem that we villains often encounter in our uh, organizations. Oh. It's called the, the Peter Principle. And here, here's how it goes. In a hierarchy, every employee tends to rise to his level of incompetence. <laughs> in time, every post tends to be occupied by an employee who's incompetent to carry out their duties. Mm. Actual work is accomplished by those employees who have not yet reached their level of incompetence. And, you know, we often see this in our organizations. In fact, you could say we take a shortcut and Instead of promoting people through to their level of incompetence, we just place them there. Um, but I thought this was very apt when it comes to looking at villainous organizations in these universes. Yeah, that works. What is that quote from? It is actually by a guy called Peter Lawrence, uh, or Lawrence Peter. I'm sorry. It. I don't. I have a hard time when people have first and last names that could both be first and last names. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, this guy was Lawrence Peter. He was an educator, and then he wrote this book in uh, the late '60s uh, about organizations and how they work. And this has actually been picked up by uh, business types, and you know, because they've they've actually seen this principle at work in organizations. It reminded me a lot of the movie Office Space. Yes, another oh, classic, wonderful movie. Wonderful movie. I watched the whole clip about how they made the uh, the scene where they murdered the printer. Um, oh, yeah. Spoiler. Uh, if they haven't seen it, they should not really be listening to us. I, I I wish there was a way to unfriend our listener if they haven't seen Office Space, but it probably isn't. But if you could ask Ultron, he probably could take over the internet and tell us how to do that. Well, speaking of Ultron, this is part two of our Ultron extravaganza. Uh, last issue, uh, we looked at Ultron's origins. And tonight, uh, Steve, you're going to give us a few... Uh, a few of his schemes. His schemes, yeah. Like sort of story arcs that he's been involved in, yeah? Yeah. Uh, before that, you have an announcement. Before that, yes, indeed I do. So, so after this issue, folks, we will be going to a bi-weekly summer schedule. Uh, as we each begin various vacations, vacations that we have. So rather than every week, every other week, we will be hanging out with you. Um, sometime in late August, we'll, we'll come back to our regular weekly schedule. Now, we've already talked about this on, on the cast, and uh, it's out there too in the, in the world. But uh, instead of Gen Con, you know, like it, Gen Con's been canceled, we will be uh, part of the LCG Con event 
during Gen Con weekend, which is uh, July 30th to August 2nd. Keep your eye on Facebook for critical encounters, specific events uh, that you can join in on. So again, we will have all announcements and such on our Facebook at Critical Encounters. We'll know more later as the schedule shakes up and falls into place with the other living card games that we'll be sharing the weekend with. So, And, and can we say this? Can we say this? Boy, do we have sweet, sweet events planned for you. Oh, my goodness. Yes. We're oh working goodness. full-time, which is basically five minutes every week from me and 17 <laughs> from Steve um, on trying to come up with some really cool events that we think you will enjoy. I have a feeling it's more than 17 minutes from Steve. But no, 17 hours. I said hours. Did I say minutes? Oh, you, I meant hours. You said hours. You said hours. Oh, did you? Okay. You said five yeah. minutes for you and 17 minutes for Steve. No, no, I, I would not say that. No, this, is, this is Steve. Yeah. This is, and it's great. It is so cool. I'm going to tease it. So, oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. We're coming up with a format we're calling Arch Villain. Um, so because you want to. Just mere villain is not enough. Yes. So, a special format alternate format that we will play with some lucky listeners oh yeah so, so watch that facebook page for some more info it will have to be a solo game given the number of listeners we have but you know <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 call in some bots right and uh we're the villains yeah steve yeah we are the villains we are not just the villains aren't we arch villains we are arch villains that's yes. right we're in a different league our lucky listeners are so-called heroes well, let's talk about Ultron, shall we, Steve? I'm so excited for this, based on the stuff that we talked about last week. Go ahead. Okay, so what I did was I went out and I started reading some of the various comic events for Ultron. So we're going to talk about a couple of them right here. So the first one I looked at was the 2001 series called The Ultron Imperative. So on this one, this is a, like a seven-plus issue run. And this takes place much later than any of the origins we talked about last week. And in this one, Ultron's uh, wife, uh, Alkima, so wife, it, it, he creates her at one point. Uh, so she'd been created by Ultron. And at one point, Ultron is defeated by the Avengers and all those heroes again. But he had implanted her with an imperative subconsciously in her program to revive him should he be killed. So unknowingly she sets to work on this she creates a new species of androids that she calls robos and these robos all take their programming and personalities from five key avengers we, we talked about brain patterns uh, she actually these avengers have been captured at one point and have their brain waves scanned and their personalities digitized let's say and so okay. she she builds her robo species off of Captain America, Iron Man, the Vision, Hank Pym, uh, the Wasp, plus Grim Reaper, who is not an Avenger, but he's the brother to Wonder Man. So all these robos that she's building take on multiple aspects from them. So you'll see a Ultron-like robot, but it might have Captain America's shield, uh, wings like the Wasp. Uh, Vision's cape, but all all metallic. Maybe Grim Reaper's scythe. So they take these personality 
and physical traits from their these progenitor uh, brain patterns that they've scanned. So uh, at a certain point during this early on, the Avengers discover there's new this strange tech is happening, and they immediately say, "Okay, Ultron's on his way back. Uh, he's rising up. We got to go find him." And they go on a hunt for him. But instead of finding Ultron, they find Alkima and all of her children. And these like robos, they they revere the Avengers, so they they won't harm them. But they will harm the Avengers that are with them, like uh, Banner or Wonder Man or anybody else that happens to be there. Before the fight starts, Ultron reappears because he is being rebuilt by these uh, androids secretly, unbeknownst to Alkima. Uh, so right as the big fight's going to start between her and the Avengers, Ultron reappears. So now Ooh. they've got, yeah, now there's a three-way battle because Alkima despises Ultron. She, they did not have a good divorce. I mean, it's as messy as it can be. She didn't want to rebuild him, and he wants to sacrifice all her brand new children in order to defeat the Avengers. So this three-way battle gets going, and I don't want to give it all away because it's very interesting. There's a lot of play in with some side characters and and other things like that. But in the end, uh, Ultron is destroyed once more, uh, and thanks to some team up, we'll say. Alkima is Ultron's second female robot that he makes his first is jocasta who ends up taking over some of tony stark's tech she sort of ends up becoming a, a good guy i don't know too much about her yet but alkima there jocasta the name of oedipus yes movie. yes so we had talked last week not about subtle at all <laughs> yeah it's not very subtle at all well, first off, the Alkima thing is, is very Oedipal, too, in that she is his wife who then becomes his mother since he implanted himself inside her. As it which was. which right? is, yeah, right? Yeah, be, right. and that's what happens in this because he implants the imperative in her to rebuild him. So right. she make, she gives so birth to him in, in she, a sense. She is wife and mother. And yeah, as you said, Jocasta is the name in the Greek tragedy of Oedipus' wife. <laughs> yeah, they're... They're not going for uh, subtlety. So, they start the theme and they follow through with the theme, I think. So, uh, so yeah, that's good. Uh, Alkima is made with the unwilling aid of the West Coast Adventures, and her brain pattern includes Mockingbird, Pims, and Myron McLean, who's the dude who invents the adamantium. We mentioned how adamantium was first mentioned in the Marvel Universe in Ultron, and it comes back again here. Uh, and she's, a, she's totally ruthless. She's a killing machine, but she revels in the murder of humans, so she wants to kill humanity, but one by one, like, and in, to enjoy it, while Ultron wants to do it, you know, en masse sort of thing. So this this little comic event, that's a, it's an interesting little run. It gives you some in look into Ultron's... Um, Family, we'll say so. That sort that's of one of them. family. Yeah, weird, twisted family. So, <laughs> uh, a family you don't want to go visit on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so that was one of the sets I read, and then the other one I read was the Age of Ultron. So it's a 2013 uh, event 
11 parts, but there's also seven other issues that cross over and into and out of um, different Avengers series, uh, a thing called the Guardians. There's all sorts of stuff. And then it spawns in a, a series called the Avengers AI, which is after all of this. So this event was pretty good. I really enjoyed this one. Um, and in this one, uh, it's a we're definitely past Ultron 12. We're past the Ultron imperative. In this one, Ultron comes back or isn't is around, and he takes over the world in about seven minutes. What? Uh, yep. He finally. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's been building his army in secret. He's been infiltrating every piece of tech, every computer system, every everything out there. And in like seven minutes, he he takes control of New York and London and San Francisco all simultaneously. Just poof um he just slaughters billions billions so like he's really this is cataclysmic for humanity and this is the worst it's ever been or the or the most he's ever done wow and yeah many many of those dastardly heroes perish like in the initial onset and, and uh onslaught uh, to Ultron and all his various drones and his Sentinels. And he has got more than just the little drones. He's got full-on battle bots and duplicates of himself, that kind of thing. Um, so he kills like a billion people right off the bat. So what he's doing, though, is he's trying to save the planet from the scourge that is mankind. We get a, an interesting collage of heroes. So it's one of those where you see Hawkeye and Spider-Man in New York, and then you see Taskmaster teamed up with Black Widow, teamed up with the Hulk in San Francisco. And so you get these little patchwork of heroes trying to save the day. Eventually, they all find their way to Nick Fury in Antarctica in the Savage Lands. Uh, so you've got a small group of superheroes that are left, and the rest of the planet has been covered in Ultron, not the rest of the planet, but all the major cities have been covered in like an Ultron cityscape. He he just builds and builds and builds and takes control of everything. So the 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 landscape is changed. It's just this technological, you know, hellscape. Now, did you say Taskmaster was on the good guy team? Yeah. At a certain point, everybody realizes you kill Ultron or we're all dead. Um, so he he teams up with Black Widow, which is interesting, and, and Banner. He doesn't last real long uh, because he sort of. Uh, he gets in the way of Hulk, so uh, yeah. Um, so they all end up with meeting Nick Fury in this last safe refuge in Antarctica. They put together a final plan, and a bunch of heroes, including Captain America and Iron Man and some others, they discover – they actually, prior to going there, they discover that the Vision is plugged in to Ultron's network and is controlling – almost everything and ultron is controlling vision from the future so ultron's not even around he's somehow controlling everything from the future through vision um, who's wired in so of course they have to travel through time in order to stop things why is it always time travel it, of course so dr doom's time yeah. platform which is i think a major feature in one of the Fantastic Four slash Doctor Doom's series has fallen into Nick Fury's hands. He has it secreted away in this special hold. So they put a team together. They go into the future because they're going to stop Ultron. 
And if they can stop Ultron, then they can stop this hellscape from happening. But Wolverine realizes that Ultron's going to see him coming. He knows what's going to happen. It's useless. And the only way to stop Ultron is to stop Hank Pym from ever making Ultron. So after the first group leaves to go into the future to fight Ultron, Wolverine secretly uses the platform to go into the past so he can kill Hank Pym and stop Ultron from being made. And Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, sneaks in with him without him realizing at first. So the two of them go into the past, and they hunt down Pym. Wolverine finds Hank Pym, and he murders Hank Pym before he can make Ultron. Oh, that's dark. That's dark. Right? Drives a couple of adamantine claws through Pym's chest, and Pym dies. So him him and Sue Storm come back into the present. And that whole butterfly effect thing has just wreaked havoc. Because Pym's dead and Ultron's never made, Vision's never made, and Vision is critical in defeating the Skrull invasion, so the Skrulls invade and take over Earth, and humanity barely survives that, And but all the tech sort of fails, so magic from like Asgard and Morgan Le Fay, they're in this... Things are just really bad. It's even worse. The the heroes of the present are lo- have lost to the Skrulls. Now they're losing to, to Morgana Le Fay. And Wolverine is like, all right, that didn't work at all. I uh, can't do that. So he goes back again, and he stops himself from killing Pym. Oh, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just the most ridiculous thing. I, I mean, time travel is already pretty darn ridiculous, but that, that takes the cake. Yeah. Uh, and he... During during the when he comes back to the present and the scrolls are going on, he battles himself in the present because he's still there, and you know he has to. He actually ends up having to kill him, his present alternate timeline self, in order to escape the clutches of Iron Man, who has kind of become a, this despot in order to save what's left of humanity. So he has to. Wolverine has to kill himself. Then he has to go back in time to stop himself from ki- killing him, <laughs> and and then he ends up having to stop Stu Storm from killing him because. Because Sue Storm has lost her brother, her husband, her children to Ultron. And she decides, yeah, we got to kill Pym after really struggling with that concept. So then she wants to kill Pym, but he has to stop both of them. And they manage to talk Pym. They talk to Pym about stopping Ultron, but allowing Ultron to exist. They go through this whole thing where Ultron must exist in order to prevent this terrible future that we did see. But at a certain point, we Ultron needs to be defeated. And this is the point that he must be stopped at. This is what has to be done. And Pym figures out how he can allow Ultron to be created and destroyed, created and destroyed, created and destroyed, created and destroyed over and over and over again until they reach that final critical moment where he can be permanently destroyed so that the planet doesn't fall into the age of Ultron. If only Ultron had a way to go back and forth in time. Wait a second. Yeah, I... It's a good series, though. It's really fun. The art in it is amazing, and it's really important for us villains because some of the some of the early casualties: Cyclops, Thor, Hulk, Black Panther, the Human Torch, the Thing, Mister Fantastic, She-Hulk, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Captain America, Captain Marvel. I mean, they just all, all that whole crew that goes into the future the first time. There's so many dead superheroes that it's like a, a supervillain's um, you know dream. But don't uh, they just travel in time and fix it? Yeah, Wolverine does. Yeah. Ah, so. Okay. So they're not yeah. really dead. 
They're not really dead, but for a while they are. For you know, a while, see, it looks like they are. Okay. Yeah, you get to see Spider-Man really beat up and almost at the hands of Hammerhead. He's almost, you know, he's down and out. So it, it was very entertaining. It was a lot of fun, and like I said, the art is excellent. And and I, I don't know, I, I enjoy that. And that was one of the uh, one of the comic Ultron schemes. So good stuff. Cool. So there's a bunch of other options to go read about as well. I have uh, five or six here that I would suggest folks interested in Ultron. And if you have Marvel Unlimited and you go for you do some search on Ultron, they'll give you some cool reading lists that link, you know, that that you read one and it takes you to what's next. The Birth of Ultron, which we talked about in our origins, which is the Avengers 54, 55, 57 and 58. That'll include how Vision's created. That's a good set. The Return of Ultron. That's 10, 10 issues later, like 66 to 68. That's where the adamantium comes in and makes him the big bad guy that he will forever be. Annihilation Conquest, which is a 2007 to 2018 run, which is all modern day stuff. And they he's pitted against the Guardians of the Galaxy where he takes some of that cosmic stuff where he's out in space. We mentioned last week as well. The Ultron Initiative in Mighty Avengers 1 to 6 from 2007. This is mostly Iron Man versus Ultron post-Civil War. So this one has a great picture of a cover art of a female Ultron where he's possessed Iron Man's armor and he transforms Tony into a robotic woman. Um, <laughs> so uh, that, that seemed to get good reviews. I haven't read that. Age of Ultron, the 2013 run that I mentioned above. And from what I could tell, and I didn't get a chance to read it yet, but everything I read says it's arguably the best Ultron series is the Ultron Unlimited in Avengers Volume 3, 19 to 22, uh, which I understand revitalized the Avengers franchise in the 90s after it was starting to sag a little bit. So that's a lot of options to go out and read. And I'll put those in our show notes for this issue. Lots of Ultron reading. Yeah, there's a lot. Like if you do a search for it, it's like Ultron appears in 197 issues. You're like, oh my goodness, (laughs) where do I begin? So... Sweet. That's awesome. Thank you, Steve. Mm-hmm. That was cool. There's a lot of crazy, crazy stuff there. Let's talk about his crazy, crazy cards, shall we? Yeah. I'll start us off. Advanced Ultron Drone. This is a minion. Now, this is not your regular drone. This is an advanced drone. Uh, and there's three of these. Uh, one scheme, one attack. Not so far, so far, not very advanced. Life of four, guard. And here's the kind of advanced part it's a forced interrupt. When advanced Ultron drone is defeated, the engaged player puts the top card of their deck into play face down, engage with them as a drone minion. And there's two boost icons. So this is basically a drone within a drone situation. You kill the advanced drone, and then it's one of those yay, I killed one. Here goes my card. And the fact that it's a guard is good. I guess these are the kind of main workhorses of uh, Ultron's army, robotic army. Yeah, they're good. The, they're good. In, in if you're playing with the suggested play set, these are the only three minions actually in the deck. Really? All the other all the other minions come out of the players' decks. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could you could ask for more of these three, but it's a pretty thin deck, right? Under attack doesn't have that many cards. No. No, and this the set if you got twenty five, but that includes the villain and the schemes. Uh, yeah, under attack is like 
four or five cards and standards like around seven. So it's a pretty thin deck. All right. What's next? Next, we have Android Efficiency. It's a treasury. Uh, when revealed, each player puts the top card of their deck into play face down, engage them as a drone minion. Now, it has a boost effect. Choose to either spend a energy resource or put the top card of your deck into play face down, engage you as a drone. Hmm. More drones. More drones. More drones. Yeah, and each player, so everybody's putting out a drone if it comes up as a treachery. So that's nice. Yeah. This is one of those treacheries that they'll probably want to cancel if they can. Yeah, and the boost effect is one where you... We've seen some other boost effects like this with Claw, you know, spend a whole bunch of resources to cancel the boost effect. This is one where you might actually do it. One energy isn't the end of the world. And, it, you know, do you want another drone out? Are you at Ultron 3, where if he's got drones out, you can't damage him? So it might actually drain your resources. Right. Might. It's all right. I mean... I like it as a treachery, obviously. It is getting a bit of a one-trick pony type thing. Like, here's another card that makes more drones. Here's another card that makes more drones. I was going to ask you guys about that. I, I really wish Ultron things. But yeah, anyways. there is a, you know, we got it. He makes drones sense to it. And there's plenty of them already. <laughs> He's very efficient at making yeah. these drones. Okay. Yeah, he is. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, well, well, we'll we'll report out when we've played him. Okay, so he also has a Drone Factory, which is a side scheme. When revealed, each player puts the top card of their deck into play face down, engage with them as a Drone Minion. Surprise! Place, <laughs> place one threat here for each Drone Minion in play. It is an acceleration icon. It starts with a straight, flat, four threat on it, and it has two boost icons. I mean, based on all the other cards you've seen so far, it's going to start with 412 threat. Yeah, it, it, it's going to have four plus one for every drone, and it could start with another four or another, you know. So I have a, I have a technical question. Does it usually say additional threat in that, in, when you add to it? Or does it just say place? Because the card has a four printed on it, and it says place four. I mean, it clearly means additional, but... I feel like other cards say additional threat. No, I think you're right. And be a I don't know if I mean, they just missed it or this is... I, I, assuming that other cards do say additional threat, is there a significance to the fact that this one doesn't? I doubt it. No, but... I don't think so. Because you're always putting the amount of threat on that's listed in that little blo black box in the middle. Yeah. And then and then you're doing the when revealed effect. No, I, I agree. It's just a weird thing that it doesn't say additional, whereas in other cards it does. Yeah, that is a little little odd. Yeah, because like uh, Imminent Overload from Whiplash does say place an additional one threat per player here. Maybe it's because of the way they tried to word it with the number of drones on that are out. Who knows? Hmm. At Acceleration Token, a solo game, you might have two, three drones out, seven threat. You're going to have that Acceleration Token out. Yeah, and it's not going away. Nope. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh. All right, I got the last one, another side scheme, Invasive AI, the best kind of AI there is. It even has a flavor text. Ultron is hacking wireless networks around the world to create a global crisis. No. Yeah, it's the kind of thing he does. And the art is pretty cool. It's just a big Ultron head with a bunch of wires coming out from it. I think that's a city underneath it. Yeah, and it looks like that's a city. So like 
my immediate question is where did he get all those wires from and why are they so ginormous or is it just a perspective thing that he's in the foreground and we see his anyway i'm hoping it's that otherwise yeah. it's artist choice there otherwise it's cthulhu-esque yes yeah, yeah. It's better than yeah. cthulhu because this is about wireless networks man all right so man <laughs> revealed each player discards the top three cards of their deck thank goodness and it doesn't say and puts them into play as a drone you just discard them the only thing that doesn't create a drone in his deck it is a hazard it has the three boost icons we like seeing and just a straight up three threat per player it's okay. It you know you lose three cards, but at least they run into your discards. Um, at this point, given his other cards, this one seems like a bit of a letdown. Yeah, this feeds into the fact that his sub theme of milling your deck, because every drone is milling your deck, and now he's just gonna yeah. just let's just get rid of some more. Yeah. Yeah. Again, what, like he's just taking do, over your brain. Do more of the same thing and just like really drill into your uh... yeah but we were just complaining about him doing only the same yeah thing. yeah no i get it i get it this is at least a little different but i think i have to try ultron with the power drain where that's Whoa. milling your deck he's milling your deck <laughs> oh man i gotta give that a try okay so. you're a masochist <laughs> yeah um, a little <laughs> well let me tell you let me tell you about an attachment you can put on ultron called the program transmitter mm. it's an item it's tech Attached to Ultron, forced response after Ultron schemes. Place one threat on each science scheme. And a hero action, you can exhaust your hero and spend two science to discard this card. And it gives him a plus one scheme as a pretty boost icon. Um, hmm. Meh. Every plus one on every side scheme, his deck comes with three side schemes. So. If he schemes, you put in th th threat on the main scheme and then maybe a couple other ones. Yeah. I like this. I think it's great. Yeah, plus one to a scheme, too. So, And his scheme is it's two across the board every time, right? Like one, um, all of his versions, aren't they two? Or is this number one? I can't remember. We did that last it week. It was still last week. Number one is one, I can confirm. Yeah, one, two, two. I, I like this. What? Well, okay, so it's not creating drones, which is a plus. What else do you like about it? I, because he has side schemes a long time. Away. Like, it just guarantees the side schemes being out, I think. It does prevent you from hiding out in alter ego mode a little bit if, if this comes out. Yeah. Uh, and it, this is one of those where you, you can pull it off him with your hero, right? You spend a couple resources, but you have to also exhaust your hero. Which means you're not attacking, you're not thwarting, you're not killing drones. You're spending your hero's time to just remove this program transmitter. Okay, I, I can see that. I can see the benefits of this card. I wonder if the tech um, keyword will ever come into play. Um, <laughs> we'll see. So the next card is upgraded drones, two of them. This is another attachment, and I like it because it attaches to the environment. I think this might be the only attachment that gets to an environment, all the other attachments being to villains. And I say that without having done any preparation or, or research. <laughs> I just said it. It's probably not right. I but anyway, right. okay, randomly, I am right. Okay, so it attaches to the environment, and it does what it says. On the 10, it upgrades the drones. 
each drone minion now gets a plus one attack and a plus one hit points. And it's the usual hero action, spend one of each type of resource to discard this card. I guess that's FFG's way of saying this will be a you know big hit on you to discard. But I think in this case, oh, and then it has no boost icons. Oh, oof. Yeah. I don't again the bias showing through here. Or maybe they thought this is such a horrible card that at least there should be some silver lining. I'm supposing that heroes will be happy to see this come out as a boost, regardless of how many icons it has. You didn't have to give them a zero boost card. You could have made it three and they would still be happy to see it that way instead of as a upgraded drones thing. Because given the number of drones you're going to have, given that plus one hit point means a lot, very different uh situation with the drones than just one hit point drones which are at least somewhat easy to get rid of mm-hmm. i think the heroes will be spending those resources when this thing hits and there's two of them so conceivably you could get this out twice um and at that point i think you've lost the game it prevents squirrel girl from taking all the drones it prevents yeah. ground stop from taking out the drones yeah. okay. any of the uh Energy barrier can't bounce damage back to a drone. Black Widow's ability can't. I mean, there's so many things that just one extra hit point plus the mm-hmm. attack. It's interesting that it does not affect their scheme, though. It doesn't raise the scheme of the drones. Yeah, they're not that upgraded. Come on. Oh, uh, okay. It's not like they're transmitting programs. They're not super upgraded, just yeah. upgraded. Just, just upgraded. regular upgraded. Yeah. All right, I'm going to read the next one. Uh, swarm attack. There are two of these treacheries in the deck. When revealed, each drone minion engaged with your hero attacks. If no attacks were made this way, put the top card of your deck into play, face down, engage with you as a drone. It has one boost icon. You've got drones out. They're all going to hit you again. Oh, you don't have drones out? We're going to put drones out. Builds on what it does. This is one of the weakest treacheries in the game, I think, actually. In the game? That's strong words. Well, yeah. I, especially in solo or something. Like, oftentimes you don't really have that many minions engaged with you. So this is like, you're hit for two, right? Or something like that. The boost is lame. I don't know. I, I've never been like... I only, I've, I only lose to Ultra. I played him very much. Um, and he scares me. But this card doesn't. If the drones are upgraded, like say you're on Ultron 3 and you have upgraded drones attached yeah, now, think, now they're attacking for 3, that's a big deal. But that's a 3-card combo out of the encounter deck, which is hard to hard to hit. Uh, at at its worst, it's a couple points of damage. At its best, it this card just makes a drone. So it's not... Yeah, it's, it's not too scary. Yeah, it's, yeah. But I can see how, boy, a couple of Bits of bad luck for your heroes. This could be devastating. Yeah, ill-timed, it could hurt. Ill-timed, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say uh, put a drone into play and this card gains surge or something to make it a little meatier. Or it could put a drone out first, then all the drones attack you. Right. So right. if you are getting attacked, there's you know you're always getting hit for at least one drone. Or you know it could be like with upgraded drones, like Moose, you're saying like. Something about this card is a reprieve in a bit, in, in a way, right? Mm-hmm. For an already just really difficult 
villain. Yeah. Like, the, the treacheries can't also so hose you just like the villain does. So uh, let me tell you about the two repair sequence. The treachery, when revealed, Trine heals two damage for each drone minion engaged with you. If no damage was healed this way, gain surge. Um, his boost is not only a boost icon, but also a special effect. Ultron heals one damage for each drone minion engaged with you. So I think we've come to the consensus that healing effects are definitely a breather for the heroes, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not every drone minion in play. It's only drones engaged with you. So it could heal all of two damage. Yeah, one. I could play with. It could heal one, and that would be the best situation. You just did one damage to him because somebody has retaliates, and then this comes up, you heal that one damage, and no surge. And you're done. Yep. Yep, and that's it. I mean, I, in some ways, this is a weaker card than Swarm Attack, no? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, the healing always gives your heroes like a little breather. It's like, yeah, okay, great. He heals. Okay, he didn't do something active to me. Good. Yeah, I mean, sure, it could heal 16 or something a day, but... Yeah, if it said two damage for each drone minion in play, then you'd really have to worry, because you could have him down really low, and he could get a good boost, so... And that would be be thematic, like, he keeps getting himself remade. Mm -hmm. Large, large healing would make him a lot more scary, but does he really need to be scarier? No. He's already pretty scary as it is. Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this, but I was gonna say, yeah, these, you okay? Cards, you feeling all right? <laughs> these cards are not great, but the set the set doesn't suffer too much for having them. I feel because it's such a it's such a crushing set if the cards come out right. All right, I got the last one here: Rage of Ultron times two. Uh, I must say, I really like the art on this. It's all kind of red and black, and he's got his hand out menacingly. It looks like one of Tony's or Iron Man's repulsor blast hands. Uh, there's something coming out of the palm for sure. Yeah, and this art is right off a cover of a comic called The Rage of Ultron. Ah, uh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. All right, and it's a treachery. Um, when revealed, if you're an alter ego, Ultron schemes. Here is the kicker. Discard the top card of your deck for each threat placed this way. Oof. There is that milling sub-theme going on again. This could conceivably get rid of five cards. Um, six if he has his program transmitter attached. And when revealed, if you're a hero, Ultron attacks you. Discard the top card of your deck for each damage that dealt by this attack. And this could... I, I, that part of it is... Is you know because if if Ultron is attacking you again in the in the card phase, he's probably doing something that you didn't really plan for or prepare for. You might have another minion lying around to throw in front of him. You might not, and he's gonna hit you pretty hard because his attacks are at least in the stage two and three pretty hard hitting. Yeah, this discarding cards on top and. Anytime yeah. he attacks you for state, Ultron one and two, if he's attacking you, he's putting more drones out. That's true. That's true. Oh, but I forgot to say this has a solid, solid two boost icons. So, but again, it's one of those cards where the heroes will be happy to see as a as a boost rather than a a treachery. Yeah, because yeah. 
the alter ego, you're going to average maybe, maybe you average three because he's a two, maybe three to four points. So three to four cards, and then he's going to attack you. Yeah, that that's a, it's like an extra assault, an extra advance. He's got, yeah, yeah built into his deck. And there is a milling on top of it, which is, mm-hmm. which is very Android efficient. Oh, yep. yeah. devastating! Absolutely devastating. It's a nice card to wrap up this this deck. I mean, no wonder it is the is uh, the hardest deck. Yep. Um. So just before we go away, what do we think would be good modular decks for this? Under attacks, okay. You had power drain. I thought it was a good idea, Steve. Yeah, I just thought of that now. I have not played that, but with Electro and all his cards milling your deck, you might be drawing a lot of encounter cards, running out of your deck, never seeing the right cards at the right time. That could be fun, I think. I think thematically, uh, Masters of Evil would be great. Yep. I mean, trying trying to deal with four or five more minions. Oh, Well, how about you, Moose? What are you thinking? I don't, I, so I, I'll tell you what I don't think works well with this one. Wouldn't work well. Not that I've played it. Okay. But I, so I have a bias against the chair. I think it's rated hard, but it's really like this blunt instrument hard. Doesn't have right. a lot of synergy or finesse. It just serves to bring, um, bring the brain back and keep him alive. And you end up just not fighting him at all. Right. Um, I think Hydra would work well. Because Madame Hydra is such a kind of focuser, yep, especially yep. if she can come up with a bunch of other Hydra. Mm-hmm. And um, it would work well because it's not a really large encounter set. I guess none of them are really large. But it has these Hydra soldiers which deal you additional encounter cards when they're defeated. And so there's more of a chance to see these guys coming out, th- these encounter cards. Right. Um, and more minions on the table. More it's minions on the table. And a lot of those Hydra Hydra have guard. So I guess guard isn't super important here because Ultron is so beefy to start with, but still it's gonna slow down the heroes while they while they try to get rid of those guards. Yeah, they're gonna get pinged to death. That what I was thinking of, because we played a game a couple months ago, and I remember very distinctly having three or four drones in front of me, all of them with the toughness uh, token on them. And oh. I was trying to think of what set that was, but that was uh, Black Panther's Nemesis set. There's that heart-shaped herb where it says, give the villain in each minion engage with you a tough status card. And I remember playing a game where all these drones in front of me <laughs> had toughness, uh, which was a little scary until I realized I had I was playing Thor and I went aerial and I lightning strike them all to death and you can ignore tough but if you could buff up those drones like that um right. yeah that that could be good yeah, yeah I think madam uh legions of hydra is a good call and and even the the one they under attack that can really beef up ultron if you get the attachments out on him where he gets a tough every time you do damage to him or he does retaliate I mean, those are tough to. Yeah, deal no, with. those are those are clearly cards meant to work with this set. So, yeah. I think people would be well advised to try Ultron with that set because that kind of fits this set. Um, but in the event that you're finding it too easy, yeah, because that'll happen. Just yeah, 
play heroic too. <laughs> no, I, 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 I cannot personally recommend any level of heroic because just again, it's one of those really blunt instruments that yes, make it tougher, but not in a fun way, in my opinion. Right, I agree. We have in the past looked at the main villains and done a let's make this personal. Do you guys have any other thoughts on enhancing your gameplay against Ultron? I mean, we talked about different modular sets, maybe using some of our house rules. Overall, I think, personally, I think he's pretty fun the way he is. Just mixed in some different modular sets. I, I think he's difficult enough the way he is. I would not say playing him is fun. Which is kind of my problem with him. Now, see, we, we, we just had that game, and I had a, we had a real good time. We just played standard. We didn't go to expert. If you build your deck, I think you have to build as a hero. You have to tech for all those little minions to come out, right? And if you could do that, yes. you could stay ahead of the drones, and it can, it can be a fun experience. I just, would, I just wish he did more things in the game than just the drone output part of him. Mm -hmm. Like... His backstory suggests other things that he can do, and yeah, it's just very like yeah, like Mustafa said, one trick pony kind of things. And he does it very well and very efficiently. But I agree with Daniel that yes. it can be unfun to see yourself being overwhelmed and like not getting the cards you need. And and um, this might be strange, and I, I, I'm sure it is. Says a, a little bit about me, maybe. I find it aesthetically unpleasing to have the monsters in front of me being face down cards from my deck. Does that make sense? Like, I just don't like the look of it. First sure. of all, Daniel, please don't call them monsters. I mean, they might be drones, but still, you're right. That, that's very cold of you. You're right. The uh, minions, just like, like the. Second of all, I bet somebody in the in the universe somewhere has made things you can put on top that say drone there is uh, and there you go. if you i believe if you take a look somewhere on the hall of heroes lcg.com under the custom content i believe you will find drone token cards that you could little pretty nice looking drone token cards that you could you know, lay over top or utilize as the drones. And it has the stats and a nice picture of an Ultron drone instead. Of, and they, instead of using your cards, and they even have upgraded versions. So if it's got a plus one or a two or a three, uh, they have different versions of them. So I think you're going to have to use your cards and put those on top because, you know, they're you gotta keep, in play. Yeah, you gotta, they can't be in the discard yeah. pile. You got to keep track of which is which. But yeah. it, I think if you put something on top, it's still, I, I agree with Daniel that. You know, face down hero cards don't, they just stand right out as. <laughs> and if you're on Tabletop Simulator, they can actually disappear into the playmat. Ah. If you put them like. <laughs> yeah, they, they blend in a little. They blend in perfectly. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just. I think you two are too afraid to let your precious player cards be turned into drones that's all i think that's it you guys got to get on board as a villain of course i love making the players feel this helpless this yes helpless, there we go that's what i was this, wanting from you guys this despair i love that yeah love there we go i love watching that 
Oh, well, yeah. Let somebody else suffer. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. All right. I think that's a wrap, guys. All right. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. All right. So if you would like to get a hold of us in our secret layer, you can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook at Critical Encounters. Watch that Facebook feed for some information on our special Arch Villain event for the LCG Con. You can also get a hold of us on Discord as Vardayan, Big Foam Loaf, and The Truth. And if you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Mustafa, take us out. I have a question of my own. Was there even any point at all where you actually believed you were going to win?